Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane. This is a show that strives to inform and inspire you to great health. I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD, and it is Sunday, November 25th, 2012. You can find us here every Sunday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the link is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dr. Diane Thompson. That's D-R-D-I-A-N-E-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N. And this is where you will get the latest in inspirational health information to help you change your health and your life. I'm hoping everyone had a healthy and happy Thanksgiving. And for those of you who had a not-so-healthy Thanksgiving, please know that walking is a great way to get rid of some of those additional calories that you consumed that day. If you missed our last show, we talked about how managing stress is a great way to prevent some of the damaging effects that stress can bring on. And we looked at all the systems in your body that stress can affect and also looked at little things that you can do on a daily basis to take back control and manage that stress. So if you missed that episode, please go back to the archives Again, that is blogtalkradio.com forward slash Dr. Diane Thompson and listen to that episode. Tonight I am so excited to have Dr. Sarah Jenkins as my guest. We're going to be talking about the benefits of cancer coaching. And this is going to be the first in a three-part series in which we explore and get into the nitty-gritty of cancer coaching. You know, as a physician, I know what cancer is. I know what coaching is. But I will be the first to admit I did not really know what cancer coaching was. And I had many questions, and I'm sure many of you do also. I found that Dr. Jenkins had many answers, and I thought I would love to have her on the show to share some of that information with you. Cancer.org estimates that about 12 million Americans are living with cancer today. And motivational speaker Les Brown often says that cancer is the most feared word in seven different languages. If you remember, he himself was diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. One can only imagine the roller coaster of emotions that a person goes through When they're given this diagnosis, you have cancer. So I'm always happy when I can find any kind of tool, any kind of unique way to help a person and their family navigate the many challenges that comes with such a diagnosis. And I believe cancer coaching is here to help. Now, as I mentioned, Dr. Sarah Jenkins is my guest tonight, and She is the daughter of a prominent Harlem pediatrician. She started medical school with a plan to cure cancer. And I later learned that this is a disease that took her father away from her. She attended Downstate Medical School, which is in New York, and did a a residency in radiation oncology, and figured out that this was not for her. 
As a matter of fact, she said she knew she would not thrive in radiation oncology, and I found this very fascinating because it's never easy to step away when you've invested a lot of time and a lot of money. But she stepped away. She did a fellowship in psycho-oncology, and I'm hoping she'll talk a little bit about that. And then it segue into cancer coaching, which is what she does today, and that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Today she's involved in uh, different aspects of cancer coaching and also in nonprofit community cancer wipeout programs uh, where she helps folks in the Bronx and in Manhattan, which is here in New York. Dr. Jenkins, welcome to the show. Well, Dr. Diane Thompson, thank you so very much for having me. And I'd like to thank all your listeners for being with us tonight. It's a great Great, great honor. Thank you. Uh, I've had the the pleasure of talking with you. Actually, we had dinner recently, and I, I yes. found your story was so amazing and so fascinating. Uh, I think people can learn from your story as it is, the, the fact that you went into one career and stepped away from it, but also the, the many information you have about cancer coaching and how that can help. So I really look forward to us working together for this next three weeks so we can inform people and help them change their lives. Now, one of the first things I said I was going to ask you, and I decided to ask you this. Now, I am a physician myself, so I, I kind of sometimes make assumptions. Radiation oncology, I was talking to someone about this last night, and this is someone who's actually an attorney, and he made the assumption that radiation oncology is someone that read X-rays. And I said, well, ah. uh-huh, other people may have that impression. So I said, I'm going to let you define that. We're going to start from scratch. So tell me, right. what does one do as a radiation oncologist? Well, actually, we do read a lot of X-rays and CAT scans and MRIs, and we do become very uh, skilled in those readings and interpretations. However, a radiation oncologist is a medical specialist who has specific postgraduate training in the management of patients with cancer, and in particular in radiation therapy, as, which is one aspect of cancer treatment in the United States. Um, usually people will get surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. Radiation oncologists, however, work primarily with the surgeons, the medical oncologists. We work with palliative care um, specialists. And we most usually work in a large hospital because it's difficult to possess your own linear accelerator, you know. (laughs) Ah, okay, okay. And the linear accelerator is for our listeners? Exactly. Well, I'm going to go through all of those terms because these these terms are very important and people should be informed. Right. So radiation therapy works because the radiation destroys the cancer cell's ability to reproduce. Mm -hmm. And then the body will naturally get rid of those cells. Radiation affects cancer cells by damaging their DNA so that the cell can no longer divide or grow. It is effective mostly at killing cells that are actively dividing. Um, The cancer cells that are more vulnerable to radiation 
have two key features. One is that they divide more rapidly than normal cancer cells, and secondly, that once they're damaged, they are not able to repair themselves as well as normal cells. So what would you say, go ahead. So the radiation oncologist um, primarily is going to deliver external beam radiation therapy, which is delivered by a linear accelerator, which generates radiation by accelerating electrons to produce X-rays and gamma rays. So okay. it's a large mouthful, but just to understand that the radiation oncologist wants to give the radiation to a very localized area of the body. So they're so going to do everything. Would you say that there are some cancers that wouldn't benefit from radiation? Is that correct? Can you treat all cancers with radiation? Well, all treat all cancers are going to be treated with one of the three modalities. Mm-hmm. They can be put together or they could be used separately. Mm-hmm. It all really depends on the stage of the tumor. And the stage okay. of the tumor means the size and whether it's spread. Okay. Basically. So now let me so, ask you, what was it that prompted you to go into this field? Well, when my father was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate CA in 1987, I was quite shocked that he refused surgery and radiation. I felt that this was, you know, life-saving. This was the way to go. There was no way anybody could refuse and what was going on. And he really seemed terrified. And I wasn't sure why he was so afraid. And I was determined to find out. And I was starting at the same time medical school, and I decided to that oncology was going to be my field of choice. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really have been searching for the past 15 to 20 years how to understand the cancer patient as a whole mm-hmm. and as an individual, if you understand yeah, so absolutely. I've been in I've been in search of this, and initially radiation was treating the cancer, and that mm-hmm. was fine. I got to learn all about oncology, mm-hmm. but as time went on, I became more interested in the patient with cancer. What is going on when they go home? How do they really deal with everything? Um, Which is what I think medicine should be concerned about, the patient after all, you know? But you know what, Dr. Diane, there is just no time. As a radiation oncologist, you are spinning, as any physician, as you know yourself. Mm -hmm. You're basically spinning from one patient to the next. Write that prescription out the door and get the next patient in. So... um, there's, there's not a lot of room really to hold hands and take the time to talk to the patient. As you all know, I mean, as your listeners know, when you go to the physician now, you sit down, you fill out a form, and it's all checks on this little box, and that becomes you. That becomes you. That, that's the whole point, yeah, of making things go by quickly. Yeah. 
Exactly, exactly. I don't have time really to enunciate my question to you and then listen to what you have to say. So just give me the facts, ma'am. Just answer the questions on the paper <laughs> and, you know, let me get to the disease which I've been trained to treat. Yeah, yeah. Is this why you said you knew you could not thrive in radiation oncology? Because, after all, this is a big step. You know, when you move from something that you've invested so much time and effort and money in and then step away to something that maybe on the surface looks a lot less, people may think you are either very stupid or very courageous. And I know this for myself, having been a nurse practitioner for many years and stopping to go back, to do a post-back, to go to medical school, to go to, you know, go through residency. So just going through all that step and emerging with what I call a mortgage without a house, a lot of times when you take that step backwards, people think you're just crazy. So is this why you felt that you could not thrive? You said you know you couldn't thrive in radiation oncology. Is this the the patient, not enough patient contact? What was going through your mind? Well, there wasn't enough patient contact, and I felt I was treating cancer and not really healing the patient with cancer. Ah. And so after a while, I just said, you know, there are people, just like there are people who will go give their lives for a country or people who are willing to be a spy, you know. <laughs> um, people, people are willing to dedicate themselves to certain things, and that's fine. I think radiation oncology as well as surgery and chemotherapy has its place mm-hmm. in medicine. Um, however, you know, do we hear the word cure all the time? What are we hearing? We're hearing you're going to, we're going to treat it, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We don't really hear you're going to be cured. Now, there are a lot of people who have been cured by these modalities. But my question was, what happens to the person who decides this isn't for me? And I became one of those people. I did not want radiation treatment for myself if I needed it. I, I don't think I'd be able to accept it. It's it's a, it's a little frightening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it has its side effects, like yes, every other medication. Does. Yes, it definitely does, yeah. yeah. And so, so I was... Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was searching for a way to heal people mm-hmm. and a way to be able to spend time with the person. I wanted to partner with the patient. I wanted to, you know, there were so many things that I could just fantasize doing, um, going into a patient's home and, and looking at how they live, looking at their environment, looking at, you know, how, 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 how are they really living? For example, a, a good example was, um, you know, if you have a patient with cancer, okay, you might have a very wealthy person, and you tell them, oh, have a good weekend, Mrs. So-and-so, and, you know, you turn your back, and you know that this person probably will have a good vacation, I mean a good yeah. weekend, because yeah. they have the they, resources they, they, to do that. They weekend in Boca Raton. Yes, yes. But, you know, there might be a patient who isn't so privileged, and, you know, they're walking up six flights of stairs after their yeah. radiation therapy to the lung. 
you know, these things are things that I want to know about. I want to know how you're living. I want to know what you're thinking. And then, after having done psycho-oncology, which I can tell you about uh, as well, after I did that, I started to realize I'm still giving people a medication. Patients with cancer can definitely have a lot of distress. They have anxieties. They have mood swings that that can actually be very prolonged. And sometimes in those cases you might need a psychiatrist to prescribe a medication. They might have delirium. They might have a, a, a neurological disorder going on. Or they might just have a psychopharmacological um, contraindication to a medication. This is what the psycho-oncologist does. Okay. The cancer coach has more time to sit with the patient and discuss lifestyle changes. How so, are we so going tell me, to... Tell me how one defines it. For someone who's never heard this term, what is a cancer coach? What is cancer coaching? Define that for me. All righty. Well, any good team you know has a good coach, mm-hmm. right? Agreed. And... As you had said earlier, you know, cancer has a roller coaster of emotions. Mm-hmm. And what really does happen is it is a roller coaster. You know, if you were a mountain climber, you get up the mountain. Hey, you, once you get to the top, it's great. You've got to get back down safely, right? Mm-hmm. With cancer, it's the same thing. But guess what? It goes on. It's not just one mountain. It's a series of mountains that need to be climbed. It's a series of terminologies and, and treatments and disfiguring treatments that the person needs to confront. A cancer coach is a person who would be able to help you navigate the different therapies that are out there, whether they are conventional or um, an Eastern philosophy to treatment, whether it's acupuncture, Reiki, yoga, and the most essential thing, we bring in nutrition. Cancer, now, I actually nutrition. think we have a caller. So oh. uh, let me go ahead and see if we can get this caller on just to see if there's a question they may have that we can go in the direction they want to go. Okay, dokie. Let's see. Caller? Yes, Hi. Hi, welcome hello, to the show. Thank you. Um, I just tuned in, so I'm not really certain um, what your topic is about. Well, we are talking about uh, cancer coaching tonight. My guest tonight is Dr. Sarah Jenkins, who's a former radiation oncologist, and she is a cancer coach. So we're learning how cancer coaching can benefit people. Okay. Yeah, do you happen to know anyone with cancer or you yourself or, you know, any interest in learning about cancer, cancer coaching? Uh, Actually, I don't know anyone that's ever even had cancer. Ah, but I'm sure you continue. Yeah, Yeah. it's a blessing, definitely. And one of the great things, um, Dr. Jenkins will be with me next week and the week after, and a lot of the programs that she has, even though a lot of it has to do with patients with cancer, the truth is we can learn a lot from it. 
We can learn, wouldn't you say, Dr. Jenkins, whether we can... 100%. Uh, yes, yes. So 100%. You, yeah, so even though you don't have cancer or maybe don't know anyone with it, just keep listening because um, you can definitely walk away with some good nuggets to protect yourself and to just for healthy living. So I, I thank you so exactly. much for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Okay. Dr. Jenkins? Yes, I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You were talking about uh, cancer coaching. Let's um, continue to talk about um, what's entailed in it. Uh, so continue uh, talking. Well, basically, you know, there are there can be two different types of people. And I must say that, you know, we are evolving greatly thanks to the Internet and thanks to all the different ways that we can get information. However, I don't think a lot of people are surfing the net for cancer nutrition, although, mm. you know, that's mm -hmm. probably what we should be doing a lot of. I agree. However, I agree. there are two types of people, those who, once they're faced with cancer, those who will want everything and those who will want nothing. Because a physician could also use surgery, chemotherapy, or radiation separately, or they could offer it to you in combined modalities. So if let's say you want everything. That might not just mean I only want to follow doctor's orders. That might also mean cancer has been a wake-up call in my life and I want to change as much as I possibly can. Yes, I, I want think to change with, my with way. almost anything, that's the way it should be. It shouldn't just be medication. It should be a whole lifestyle change, you know, a, a whole exactly. change in the way you approach things. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Now, and moving to, to different foods. Go on. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We're so excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this is great information for folks, yeah. Right. Let me right. ask you this, because I know the next two weeks, uh, like next week we're going to really delve into the different aspects of cancer coaching. So we'll talk even more about that. Um, but what I want to know um, for the rest of the time that we have, uh, which isn't much, is you know, for people that are out there that are looking for cancer coaches, this is new. What What's entailed in the training of a cancer coach? I mean, you wonder if anyone could just go out there and say, well, I'm a cancer coach. So what if a, if a person is out there looking, what should they look for? You know, this industry of coaching is not really well regulated. Everybody's now a life coach and a wellness coach without much training. So what should someone look for if they're looking for a cancer coach? Well, to answer your question, very honestly, pretty much anybody could be a cancer coach. You have to have a certain calling to want to treat people with cancer, but basically if you have the desire, you know, you could become a cancer coach. The, there are different, different programs, and the one I belong to or the one I obtained my certificate with is the National Association of professional cancer coaches. And with them, I um, obtained a level one and a level two certificate, which, um, which gives me credence that I have studied um, certain topics to be a cancer coach. 
and really they go we we go in depth into the medical side as well as the more what I call artsy fartsy sort of nutritional psychosocial and lifestyle changes um, they these become essential to the cancer coach in other words you want people to detox you want people to realize that the world we're living in is full of toxins right now and though we say oh you know this you know it's not that much in this apple you know the it's not that much it piles up because we're facing so many toxins on a daily basis like cleaning do you think it matters the person's background? Like I know you are a former radiation oncologist. There are some people when I've looked at that website that may have been nurses, some may have been nutritionists. Yes. Do you think it matters? Could a person who, you know, was a carpenter with no science background, would they still make you, a good cancer coach? They could still make a good cancer coach. All you have to do is have the desire to learn the topics and, you know, obviously to be certified. Um, to there are many different schools for for cancer coaching, um, but really, a lot of times it is a person who was diagnosed with cancer previously who becomes a cancer coach because as they educate themselves, and that's the whole revolution now is that people are learning for themselves, and then they could branch out and become a cancer coach. A lot of times it's a person who's already a survivor, a cancer survivor. Which a lot of but times my, brings a lot of information to, to the table. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. There was a, there's one of the participants with my program um, was a mother, and she got into cancer coaching because she started to realize that people needed to, to receive help on being a mother with cancer. Ah. How do you... Take care of your children. You know how do you manage yeah, this whole yeah. thing? And we never so really think co- about that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, so we're those getting are... close to the end of the show. Um, we are definitely, and this is why we had to do this as a three-part series because I know it's a lot of information and a lot of things that folks can benefit from, and we really want to give them this information and give it to them in detail. My question is, if people want to contact you. Uh, how do they go ahead and do so? Yes. Well, I would ask them to look at the website, the National Association of uh, Professional Cancer Coaches, and they can look under the community program, and they will uh, find my face. <laughs> Sorry, okay. Thank you. I saw it there, so I know it's there. <laughs> and they can also look up PCCI program, all in one word. P-C-C-I program, okay. At C-O-G-E-C-O dot C-A. And And I will make sure that information is also on my Facebook page so if people didn't get that. Okay. Thank you. And most importantly, I would love people to contact me personally by phone. Uh-huh. You can call me. My my phone number is 917-514-8178. And so you know, let me repeat that for you. 917, go ahead. 514-8178. 8178, okay. 
All right, and so what let's we will start do the discussion. Say that again. I said let's just, just let's just start a start discussion. Start a discussion. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. All right, so this brings us to the end of this segment. I'm gonna. We have a date next week. Next week, Sunday, okay. 6:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and at that time, you're really gonna show us what's involved in this cancer coaching, the different steps that you take. So I'm really excited about that, and I thank Me you too. so much for being on this program tonight. Thank you, and I thank your listeners once again. Okay, and I will uh, talk to you next week. All right, take care, Dr. Dickens. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. So we just uh, spoke with Dr. Sarah Jenkins, as I said, former radiation oncologist and current cancer coach, and uh, just talking about the benefits of cancer coaching. You know, I'm always impressed when someone step away from what most people see as a status career and step into their passion. I think it takes a lot of courage and uh, I, I really respect that when I see it. I did want to share with you Dr. Diane's health tip for the week. Now, I did not go to church this morning. I had church in my living room, courtesy of Joel Osteen. And one of the things I learned from him, he said, whatever follows the phrase I am is what tends to come true. So if you like to say I am fat, I am ugly, I am broke, I am unhealthy, that's usually what happens. So my health tip for you for this week is to start speaking positive health into your life, even if you're not there yet. As Jewel Diamond Taylor says, fake it till you make it. So if you've had a cancer diagnosis, instead of saying I'm a cancer victim, say I'm a cancer survivor. Claim it. Instead of saying I'm fat, say I'm on my way to ideal weight. Instead of saying I'm unfit or unhealthy, say I'm on my way to being fit and healthy. So speak positive health in life. This has been my pleasure. You've been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane. I'm Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Strive to stay healthy, happy, and wise. Have a great evening, everyone.